With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to the Next Best Series podcast, part of the Next Best Picture podcast, where we review television. And here we are going to talk about episodes one, two, and three of the miniseries, This Is America. I am not against women. I am not against women working outside the home. But what I am against is the women's liberation movement. Who the hell is Phyllis Shaffley? We need to get the word out quickly. We want the right to be a mother, the right to be a wife. The Libbers want to create a sex-neutral feminist totalitarian nightmare. Do you know what you're saying has no basis in fact? Our movement is about fighting the oppression of all women. We do not want housewives thinking that we are against them. We are against them. Revolutions are messy. How long are we supposed to wait? How much time do we give people to adapt to change? Or am I the only one who's so fucking tired of waiting? This fight is not about uh, equality. It's about power. And I'm just getting started. We are a political movement, not a sorority. So now we're not going to have people we disagree with participate? We don't get to decide how the battle lines are drawn. When did you get so mean? I have let you run around this country with your cause. It's our cause. Did you really think there'd be no casualties? If he didn't want me to act on it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Next Best Series podcast, part of the umbrella of the Next Best Picture podcast, where we review television. And for this year's Emmy Awards season race, we are looking at the miniseries Mrs. America, starring Kate Blanchett. And it is premiering currently on Hulu FX. The first three episodes were released on April 15th, 2020. Uh, the next couple of weeks, there will be other episodes released uh, one at a time. We will be reviewing this uh, miniseries in three episode clusters. So you'll get episodes one through three today, four, five, and six on another podcast, and then seven, eight, and nine on a third and final podcast. We're very, very excited to dive back into the world of television here and talk about what implications it might have on the Emmys, if indeed they do occur this year or not. We have to wait and see. So first up to join me here today, I have our editor over at Next Best Picture coming back since uh, I believe it was the Carol Review podcast. We have Sarah Clements. Hi, how are you guys doing? (laughs) 
doing well, doing well. And it was it was Star Wars actually. I was on the Star It was Star Wars? Yes, it was. Oh, wow. Okay, so hey, it's been a little while since December, you know, but we got you back. Uh, in any event, though, we also have uh, joining us today another returning guest to the podcast you probably haven't heard in a little while. It is Ryan C. Showers. Hi, everybody. I couldn't pass up an opportunity like this. No. I mean, no. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> and then also, too, uh, someone you've heard on these television podcast reviews in the past before is Michael Schwartz. Yeah, also, too. That's the welcome I get around here. Mm-hmm. And also, too, 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 we also have Dan Baer. I'm too, too thrilled, thrilled to be here. <laughs> All right, everyone. So, as I said before, we are talking about the miniseries Mrs. America. Uh, the story is a true one on the movement to ratify the Equal Rights Amendment and the unexpected backlash led by a conservative woman named Phyllis Schlafly, played by Blanchett. Through the eyes of the women of that era, both Schlafly and the second-wave feminist Gloria Steinem, Betty Friedan, Shirley Chisholm, Bella Abzug, and Jill Ruckelshaus, the series explores how one of the toughest battlegrounds in the culture wars of the 70s helped give rise to the moral majority and forever shifted our political landscape. This will be a Patreon podcast review. You, uh, For those of you that are not subscribed to the Patreon, you are hearing a preview right now of our review. But keep in mind, you can always head on over to Patreon, click on Next Best Picture, and there you go. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get this podcast review and other exclusive podcast content as well. All right, enough suspense. Let's get into it here. Let's start off with Sarah. Sarah, what did you think of these first three episodes of Mrs. America? I mean, for me, like, as much as it was, you know, really entertaining, it felt like a good, like, I felt like I was in school getting, like, a really stylized, like, um, you know, crash course on the 70s U.S. politics, which I never really learned about in school because I'm Canadian. And also um, really important um, figures in activism. So I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really well done. Who knows if it's entirely accurate? I mean, I wouldn't know, but I loved it (laughs) so far. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network. Yeah, there might be some liberties taken with the storytelling here and there for dramatic effect. Uh, you know, then again, at the end of the day, we're judging it for its final product. And, uh, you know, 
It's okay. You know, the, there are Quentin Tarantinos of the world who bend history to their will for their story. <laughs> so, but I don't believe that's what's happening here in any event, though. Uh, Ryan, let's hear from you. What did you think of the first three episodes? What was the first impression here? Well, um, I, I can speak to the um, the um, uh, the accuracy of the portrayals here. Um, of course, with every television film production um, storytelling of the historical past, um, there are liberties taken, but I think Mrs. America really captures the spirit and the complexity of the time. Um, in fact, I would argue that I, I've studied the women's movement. Um, I was um, part of, I was part of a women's studies major in college. And um, so someone who knows this, uh, who knows this stuff uh, in a little deeper way, I found this to be a visceral um, experience for me. Um, the the storytelling is very strong and they, I wasn't, I was expecting to be more of a rallying, like you go girl type of a show, but there are, there were aspects to the way the story was presented and the characters are presented where I was conflicted about a lot of what I was seeing. Um, mm. And I loved that. Um, and it gave me a lot to think about over the past two days since I watched um, these episodes. Um, I do think that the first episode is um, a little weaker than the other two, not by much. I would probably um, just by like half a letter grade, maybe. Um, but the um, and that's just simply the the physics of the structure of the um, of the story of how they're introducing the story. So, um, but no, I I think it also reflects the current times in ways I wasn't expecting. Okay. All right. Uh, let's hear now from Dan Bear. Dan Bear, what do you got? Um, I'm going to piggyback off what Ryan was just saying that, like, I was not shocked, but uh, a little surprised and impressed at how much it spoke to the current moment. Um, and, and how the, like, the, it felt like the creative team was reaching for that a little but they weren't re they didn't have to reach very hard to do so um particularly in the third episode which is um sort of nominally centered on shirley chisholm it's it's done so so well i the period trappings the production design the costuming is out of this world great as far as I'm concerned, and I can't wait to read all of the, you know, in-depth takes on that and analysis of the costuming stuff online, because I think it's brilliant. Uh, the performances are great. And I think um, something that is not always a given with these sort of period TV shows, but every single needle drop was pitch perfect every single yeah. song they used was smartly chosen and well-timed in each episode and it just like this is a really really well crafted piece of television and i think that when we when this project was announced I think a lot of people were just sort of focused on the cast and that was sort of like what everyone was really excited for was Kate Blanchett as uh, Phyllis and Rose Byrne as Gloria Steinem and Tracy Allman as Betty Friedan and like, yes, yes, Uzo Aduba as Shirley Chisholm and like, yes, yes, that's all fantastic. But like, they're not just elevating the writing. The writing is 
is up to their level, I feel like. And it's very, very good. Um, I, I'm really enjoying it, and I can't wait for more. Okay. And Michael? Yeah, I don't have anything original to add based on those reactions. I think this is a pretty perfect show. And what I really admire about it, outside of the performances and the production value and the scale, all of that, which is magnificent, this show bites off a lot. And that you know, could have potential for failure in some projects. But I think this show does it so effectively, juggling multiple characters and uh, parts of the country and what people are doing and how they're doing it. And it's just within 45 minute episodes is able to juggle all of them so well. And you get a sense of who these people are, why they're doing what they're doing and how they're working against the other characters that you might be seeing in another scene. Uh, Aside from that, it's also a really effective display of organizing, political organizing on both sides of the aisle. I think it's impossible to watch this show without the context of where we are right now, our political realities right now. And it's just so neat to see how the liberal characters are doing it one way and the conservative characters are working against them in this way. And the whole maneuvering, political maneuvering, I find totally fascinating. Uh, I just want to quote something Ryan said yesterday on Twitter that I found really great. <clears throat> he said, what Fossey Verdon was to Broadway enthusiasts last year is what Mrs. America is to women's <laughs> studies majors and scholars this year. Like if I had studied this in school, and I do know the names, of course, just from you know studying American history over the 20th century. But if I'd really studied these people and their lives and their careers to see them portrayed this way would be such a treat, even more so than it already is. Well, actually, Michael, it's funny because after I tweeted that, as because I watched this, I got I was up at six a.m. watching these first three episodes. Bam, bam! Oh bam, my bam, god! Well, I That's so, I so up, early. <laughs> I woke up to watch Little Fires Everywhere, and then I realized that all the Mrs. Americas were available. So I was like, oh, well, <laughs> happy morning. So um, I and I tweeted that, but then it's funny because as more people watched and I interacted with more people, like us, especially some of my professors from college. There were a, a lot of negative takes, to be honest, and there were a lot of people who were resistant to Kate Planchette playing um, Phyllis Schlafly in the same vein that people were resistant to um, Charlize Theron playing um, Megan Kelly in Bombshell or Amy Adams playing Lynn Cheney in Vice. There was, a, I found, a, actually, this to be pretty divisive among feminist scholars. Um, well, it, it's interesting because... They're, they devote, even though the first three episodes are named after one of the characters, only the first episode, I would argue, is really solely about that one character, and that one character is Phyllis. That was one of the most surprising aspects of the show for me, actually, was yeah. I was not aware that it was such an ensemble piece divided up the way that it is. I thought it was going to be the Kate Blanchett show with an mm -hmm. ensemble behind her, but she's just as part of the ensemble as everyone else, and the marketing has just simply chosen to center around her, it looks like. Well, I think she is the lead. Like, the rest is, of it is yeah. an ensemble piece. Well, because it's her versus everybody else. Exactly. Right. So she is like, yeah. see, I don't want to go and call her a villain. And I'm going to talk about that a little later because I think this show. Well, they really bet. Well, let me tell you something. She is right now because the show has not yet, in my opinion, gone that far to humanize her or give her the sympathy factor yet. Um, I. I don't think we're there yet in these early episodes. Yeah, anyway, where I was going with, without saying that word, she is the character, I'll say, who impacts the lives of everyone else. So even if she doesn't have the screen time of someone like Michelle Williams and Fossey Verdon, mm -hmm. she's there sort of like 
uh, sort of like Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs. Everything the other characters are doing sort of revolves around what this yeah. other character is doing. So there you go. From Bella Schlafly to Hannibal, to Hannibal Lecter. I think it was the end of the first episode. The other characters like pretty much like dismiss her right away, essentially, yeah. <laughs> at the very, very end before the credits roll. And Matt, I didn't mean to um, step on your toes. I'm curious. To st- I want to hear what you what your general opinion is on all this, too. I just thought it was important to um, respond to Michael in the moment. Yeah, no, no, I, I get it. It's fine. Um, I, I agree with all of you, actually, um, to some degree or another. Uh, you all said some very interesting points that I, too, felt while watching this. Um, Sarah, I'm, I'm not the biggest history person. I, you know, kind of take my history as it comes. And if I find this subject interesting in a film or a television, then I'll do some reading afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most of my learning from school, let's just say it didn't retain in my brain um, all that yeah. much. Uh, and then, you know, Ryan, I actually agree with you that the first episode is actually weak. And I was struggling a little bit to get immersed into this world. Um, as a quote unquote, we'll, we'll, we'll say novice a little bit right now. Um, I wasn't sure exactly with Kate uh, Blanchett's uh, character, Schlafly, um, if I was supposed to necessarily, once again, like have sympathy towards this person. I mean, I quickly realized the answer is no, because I don't agree with her political viewpoints. But I was then wondering, OK, it's going to be really, really hard then to follow her throughout this whole series unless that they you know, start to give her some more depth and dimensions as the story progresses. But then I realized, oh, no, no, no. It's, you know, like I said, this ensemble piece and they're setting up uh, these other characters basically in uh, a political power struggle against her, like Michael said, which is something that I do find very fascinating because I love watching the inner workings um, and all the just like you realize like before, like the age of digital technology, how how much harder everything was to do back then. And I'm always just amazed by the willpower and the strength and the perseverance that everybody had to show to fight for what they really believed in and what they had to do to achieve it. It, It's just fascinating to watch in that regard. And then, of course, um, we come down to um, the performances by everybody. I, I don't think Blanchett's performance has blown me away quite yet. But I will say this, out of everyone so far in the cast who's really blown me away so far, it's uh, Uzo Aduba. Yes. Oh, she's phenomenal. Oh. It's funny <laughs> because she actually, it's it's weird because I, uh, she has been the least buzzed of all the main mm-hmm. um, cast in the news and um, by um, pundits. And I've been so shocked at that before the show because Shirley Chisholm is such a figure, like icon in our modern political um, democratic uh, uh, culture. And uh, I, I do think that she does get a lot of material to bite on here and she plays, uh, she milks it. Um, uh, I, I think everybody's great. I especially loved um, Rose Byrne as Gloria Steinem. And for um, as full disclosure, Gloria, Gloria Steinem has a very special place in my heart. I'm actually looking at the picture of her that I have on my um, bulletin board as we speak. Um, but I think Rose Byrne really captured her well. Um, and these figures are also important. And I'm so glad that they devoted this one episode to show Sh- Shirley Chisholm and Uzo Aduba was able to be given such an amazing opportunity to play her. Like this is such an overdue story that to be portrayed for modern audiences like you, um, like Matt, like you said, you use the word novice um, uh, for people who may not know this history. 
Hey everyone, sorry to interrupt, but this is a preview of our full review of episodes 1 through 3 of the new miniseries Mrs. America here on the Next Best Series podcast, part of the Next Best Picture podcast. In order to get the full review, you will have to head on over to Patreon, where for $1 minimum a month, you will get this podcast and the other exclusive podcast content as well. Thank you so much for listening. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much for listening as always, and we shall see you all next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.